0: This month of July, I'm starting a series. Every Sunday, four Sundays, I'll finish. The Wednesdays, we'll be praying. The Fridays, sorry. I want to share with you briefly a subject I've entitled, From Ashes to Glory. From Ashes to Glory. My key scripture for this series will be looking at the book of Nehemiah. The book of Nehemiah, from ashes to glory. When we talk about ashes, we are talking about that which remains in your life, that has no value, which is not what was in your life, from ashes to glory. I came here with a prophetic word this evening to everybody under the sound of my voice that God is lifting you from the ash hill to the palace of glory. God is lifting you. The spirit of God has begun a work, a work to pick you from the dank hill to the palace. The palace of glory. So when we talk about ashes, we are talking about that which remains in your life, which has no value, no value, no value, no splendor. And when we talk about glory, we are talking about not the cupboard as in the weight of the Lord, but we are talking about a life that reflects the nature of God. The splendor and majesty of God. What we literally want to call the blessed life. And in this month of July, we are going to walk through, we're going to look at the pathways to move, transit your life from where it is to a glorious one. Can I get a bigger? amen? It is possible. Huh? It is possible. With God, all things are possible. Oh, things are possible. So let's look at Nehemiah chapter 1. From ashes to glory. And I know that as I speak this evening, many of us are experiencing a life of ashes. Nothing is working. That which used to work has even collapsed. The little that was moving has stopped. And no amount of effort seems to move you forward. I brought you a prophetic word. I declare over your destiny that God is moving you. In fact, the grace to move has been released. The power to accomplish this has been released. So let's look at the life of Nehemiah quickly. Kabra It says, the wise of Nehemiah, the son of Hakaliah, it came to pass in the month of Cheslev, in the 20th year as I was in Shushan, the citadel. That Hanani, one of my brethren, came with men from Judah and I asked them concerning the Jews who had escaped, who had survived the captivity and concerning Jerusalem. So he was asking about two major cities. Judah and Jerusalem. And he was asking about their state of life. Are you following me? So moving from ashes to glory is about a transition from hopelessness, uselessness, lack of value and honor to a place of fulfillment. He said, Nehemiah said, I began to ask my brother Hanani about the survivors who remained. in in Judah and in Jerusalem, verse 3. And they said to me, the survivors who are left from the captivity in the province are there in great distress. Literally speaking, they are in ashes. And reproach, because a life of ashes is a life of shame. The wall of Jerusalem is also broken down. And if you see, for you to understand, when you read the Bible, it talks about the wall of Jerusalem. It was the pride of their faith. Because every gate, all those nine gates on that wall symbolized something in their relationship with God. So what what really gives you a connection to the things of God? Whenever it is broken down, it is also termed a life of us. COVID have stolen many of us from our faith. So he said, the wall of Jerusalem is also broken down. And these gates are burned with fire. Now, when fire burns something, what do you get? Ashes. I prophesied to somebody tonight. Whatever the fire of life has burnt in your life, God is bringing a restoration. God is bringing a restoration. Verse 4. So it was when I heard these words that I sat down and wept and mourned for many days as I was fasting and praying before The God of heaven. There are situations and circumstances that sometimes makes us look like failures, despised, abandoned and everything negative you can talk about. How do you explain a a righteous, godly, young lady and it's as if no man is noticing her. How do you explain a righteous, devoted, godly young man who has prepared himself for life and nothing seems to be working? But it's important to understand that these things just don't happen. The condition of ashes appear or come or occur by three reasons: number one, sometimes it is God himself who takes us through, so He would teach us some things. Hallelujah. So the first point I want you to know the cause of ashes or the what 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 necessi- or what precipitates what initiates a condition of distress despise shame pain sometimes it is purely divine god initiates it let's look at deuteronomy chapter 8 verse 1 to 3 quickly today i'm just introducing it next week sunday we will go deeper Thank you, Jesus. He says, every commandment which I command you today, you must be careful to observe that you may live and multiply and go in and possess the land of which the Lord swore to your fathers. Verse 2. And you shall remember that the Lord your God led you all the way these 40 years in the wilderness to humble you and test you to know what was in your heart, whether you would keep his commandments or not. So, sometimes the kind of situations we go through is heavily influenced by God to see what is in our heart, Because man cannot be trusted. Men have one mouth but produces several sounds. When we are hustling, our language is one. And when we begin to prosper, we speak a different language. Sometimes even in church, you try to draw people's attention to the fact that, look, you are deviating and they begin to tell you things. Do you know what I have done to be where I am? What did you do? What did you do? So he says that sometimes a a condition of ashes is created or allowed to happen because God wants to test you. Like Job, the Bible says when he went through the trial of his faith, his wife said, oh boy, why don't you curse God and die? And Job didn't do it because he understood that whatever he had before the crisis was given to him by God. And the Bible says in the end, God blessed Job more than he had had before. Can I prophesy to somebody tonight? God is wiping that tear. If only you will look up to him. So the first cause of why we, be, we, we experience ash or ashes conditions in our lives is because of God's own purposes and plans. Number two, when we choose to live in disobedience instead of what God expects of us, some of us, our lives are contrary. During Divine Encounters, I want to teach on things that destroy us. Serving as a pastor for almost 16 years, I have noticed that many people have empowered Satan unknowingly. A life of sin. Number two. This is your mouth. You are more than a newscaster. It's not everybody you talk about who. Oh. It's not. I was teaching a pastor something this afternoon. I said, look, sometimes when we read the, the, the story in Numbers chapter 12, all we look at is how Moses was dishonored. But look at God's approach. He said, were you not afraid to talk against him? Talk, talk. Watch your tongue. Some of you, your tongue has brought diseases on you. Your tongue has brought battles on you. Your tongue has introduced you to things that seem to have no solution. Watch the things you say. That's just by the way. Do you think the Bible says life and, life, life and death lies in the power of the tongue for nothing? It should tell you what the tongue can do to you. From today, be careful. When we choose to live in disobedience, God says, love. He said, me, I will never forgive this person. You, who are you? We just get malaria. We fall sick. And on our sick bed, we make all kinds of promises. Just malaria. Look at how malaria can humiliate you. Reduce you. And you are there, God, if this thing goes away, I will evangelize. And then this thing goes away. And when church even calls for evangelism, oh, how can you be trusted? First Samuel chapter 1, verse 6 and 7. My brothers and sisters. It doesn't matter where you are and what brought you where you are. There is a way out. So we are looking at how people enter into the ash life or ashes. Psalm number one is God driven. God himself, because of his purpose, he will test you. You have so much money in your bank account. The church calls for offerings. You don't care. You just sign. You know what God is going to do for you? He's going to squeeze you one day. And then he will still ask you for an offering. It's a test. So don't forget the plans and purpose of God. Deuteronomy 8, 1 to 3. He said, "I I do this to test you. Number two, when we choose to live in disobedience, choose to live in our own desires instead of what God has instructed us to do. First Samuel 1.6, I chose this story because it represents a lot of Christians these days. The Bible talks about a man who had two wives and men don't go and marry two wives. You can't handle it. Even your own life, how is it? Every human being is a problem. You yourself, you are a problem. That goes to take on another problem. So the Bible says that one of these women had children called Penina. And the other one called Hannah had no child. And Penina was always troubling Hannah. Let's read from verse 6. And her rival also provoked her severally to make her miserable because the Lord has closed her womb. Verse 7. My heart breaks. So it was year by year when Hannah went up to the house of the Lord that she provoked her. her. Therefore she wept and did not eat. Some of us we have become a terror over people's lives. And you live that kind of life the ash heap will be your portion. And then the third one the trap of wanting to have our own way. The trap of wanting to have our own way. Do you know what I did to be blessed? Do you people you don't know? You're always talking about God. God. Listen, the Bible says, have you not heard? That the race is not to the swift. I love Romans 9. He said, it is not of him that willeth, nor runneth, but him that showeth mercy. And God has blessed you, so everything you have a say, everything you have an opinion, just be careful. Deuteronomy 8, it's quite lengthy, but I want us to read it. We'll read it from 11. In fact, you can read the whole thing on your own. Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 11. He said, beware that you do not forget the Lord your God by not keeping his commandments. Hallelujah. Beware. Child of God, let me say this to you. Never, never put yourself above the word of God. It is the beginning of your downfall. You know the reasons why sometimes people begin to flourish in life and they it withers? It's because what position them for the flourishing? They abandon it. How can a building stand without a foundation? How? me, no matter my struggles, I will never stop following God because without him I am nothing I know where I've come from sometimes when I hear people say all the things they say, I love sometimes I wonder if people wish that you were poor forever I don't know whether that was their wish that you were nobody forever Maybe when you were struggling, you didn't suffer. But if you have struggled before and you still are enjoying it, you need serious attention at the hospital. Hallelujah. The trap of wanting. He said, beware, you do not forget the Lord your God by not keeping his... Let's move on, 12. At least when you have eaten and are full, do you see the thing? When you have eaten and are uh, So some people eat and they are not full. May God remove you from that place. <laughs> and I've built beautiful houses and dwell in them. And when your heads and your flocks multiply, it means when your business begins to do well, your enterprise begins to flourish, everything you touch is beginning to flourish, and you're doing like, yeah, 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 yeah. Charlie, it's good. I went to school to read that course. Is good. Please, and this is not to say don't go to school. But never hope that academics will give you what only God gives. Because it's a mirage. Let me tell you. You'll be disappointed. And he said, and your silver and your gold are multiplied. And all that you have is multiplied. Everything. You have children. You have lovers. You have all kinds of people around you. You are given a name, Nana. When sometimes of us, when people are even making us God, we don't realize it. When your heart is lifted up and you forget the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt from the house of bondage. Look how the things Moses was saying. Who led you through the, that great and terrible wilderness in which were fairy serpents and scorpions and testy land where there was no water. Who brought water for you out of the flinty rock? Who fed you in the wilderness with manna which your fathers did not know that he might humble you and that you might, he, he might test you to do you good in the end? Then you say in your heart, my power and the might of my hand even gave me this wealth. Even gave me this wealth. When you go on this road, you are heading towards the ash hill. Beloved, It doesn't matter what has brought you to ashes. God is able to make your life glorious and count if you can cooperate with him. Hallelujah. Some of us are going through the ash. Look, for many people, they are just hiding behind the challenges COVID has brought. Because even if COVID had not come, they were going to go down anyways. People were going to go down because they forgot God. They began to do things in their own minds. They never prayed again. They never saw the face of God again. They didn't ask God, shall I or shall I not? No way. Now they they know know the ways and means. A business, let me look at it. Will it prosper? Oh, no, no, no. When I do the calculations, it doesn't add up. Who told you in kingdom economics calculations add up? How does does a man who receives a salary in whole, which will not be enough, it will not be enough, pays tight and yet trains his children in school and builds a house and prepares the future for his children. This is not kingdom economics. This is sorry. This is not worldly economics. It is kingdom economics. And whilst I'm at this, I want to speak to the entire church. Don't hide behind COVID-19 and make excuses. The Bible, we just read it. It said, and you shall remember the Lord your God. For it is he who gives you power to get wealth. If you don't remember, you lose stability. If you remember, you gain stability. If you want to be established in the midst of the crisis. Listen, child of God, what you don't know is that when we are flourishing and are doing well, it doesn't mean everybody is doing well. It is because we are at the side of God and He watches over us favorably. David said in Psalm 11, 118 verse 5 that you, you he said that what? you I was in distress but you brought me out and established me in in a large place. Listen child of God. Don't forget that God has been the one. Who has been blessing you all this while. It is not by might. Not by power. Some of us are experiencing the ashes of life. Because of one of these three things. But I brought you good news. It it can change. The story can turn around. If you will change your mind. If you will Turn away from how you have done things in the past. A life of ashes is nothing to talk about. It's a life of shame. It's a life that lacks meaning and expression. It's a life that lacks explanation. Some of us people think that we are into God. But you know yourself that you just have a form of godliness. Hello. Who am I talking to? You know, you know, you just have a life of godliness. You are not for God. Offering. Mm-hmm. Some of you ask yourself, in the last three months, how many times have you moved your offering? Or sent it through somebody? And yet, it is this same God you are not obeying, you cry to. If you were him, what would you do? And if you don't know, let me tell you, the Bible says in the book of Proverbs, that the prayer of a wicked man is an abomination before the Lord. Don't be deceived. God doesn't listen to everything. So tonight, we want to look at, Pastor, how do I move? I admit, I missed it. And I want to speak to all of us. We saw the scriptures in Deuteronomy. It said, Never depend on your strength. By strength shall no man prevail. By the arm of the flesh shall no man prevail. So today I want to start with pathway number one. How do I set my life on course? From an ash hill to the palace. From ashes to glory. Number one, you must Embrace repentance. You must embrace what? Repentance. Church, what is repentance? Repentance is not crying. Repentance is not saying sorry. Repentance is a change of mind that reflects a change in direction. Can I repeat that? A change of mind that reflects or produces a change of direction. Repentance simply means that if you have been walking towards the north, if you say, I have repented, you don't continue in the north, you turn and walk towards the south, which would be the right way. That is repentance. Listen, wherever you find yourself today, if it is not God who allowed you there, Check the choices you made and reverse them. You will get out. You are a sum total of your choices and actions. From ashes to glory. And He has the power. God has the power, beloved. God has the power. God has the power. The Bible says, don't be wise in your own eyes. It's a curse. If God curses you, who can bless you? So the number one pathway to glory from us is repentance. Nehemiah chapter 1. Verse 4. Now I'll be closing. I want to take communion shortly. Nehemiah chapter 1 verse 4. He says, So it was when I heard these words that I sat down and wept. People in ashes, they weep. What did he hear? The walls were broken down. The beauty and power, connectivity to divinity, taken from them completely. And he said, He wept and mourned for many days. I was fasting and praying before the God of heaven. Verse 5. So read 4 to 7 or 8. And I said, I pray Lord God of heaven. Oh great and awesome God. You who keep your covenant and mercy with those who love you and observe your. So God is not committed to you until you are his lover. We will get there. That's another matter. We will get there. We will get there. Let's go to the seven. (laughs) Verse 6, sorry. He said, please let your ear be attentive and your eyes open that you may hear the prayer of your servant, which I pray before you now day and night, for the children of Israel your servants, and confess the sins of the children of Israel which we have sinned against you. Both my father's house and I have sinned. You see, the guy saw that they lost out on the glory of God because they departed from him. Never think you are smart. Oh, pastor, you say your own. I'll do my own. Nehemiah began to call on God. He began to say that Father forgive us what has brought us. Listen, you cannot sleep in life when your foot or feet is grounded in the word. You cannot sleep. You cannot sleep. You can't sleep. You can't sleep. So part two number one is repentance. And all of us in this church, especially in this COVID era, we must repent concerning our commitment to the things of God and the church by extension. Always. Why are you not watching the live transmission? Eh, hey, Pastor, it's my phone. No, I'm using a yam. I have information for all of you. Listen, we are believing God that COVID will go away. I don't want to be a prophet of doom to say it will be with us for a long time. If you have eyes, you will know what is happening. So let me not even invite trouble on myself. But one of the things clearly this pandemic has brought to the world is technology every member of this church listen to me stop hiding behind being uh what do you call it simple work hard and get a smartphone because that is where the world lives now very soon you can't buy plane ticket to travel because there will not be any open shop to go and buy a ticket very soon, there are some items you come buy on the open market. You need to do online transfer, and they yam. Look, church, let's move with God. The Word of God says in Daniel 11:33 that in the last days, they that know their God shall walk strong and do exploits. We are in this. Why will you be strong when there is nothing weakening people? No one to speak to us. Stop making excuses. Some of you, your, your biggest problem is that you want to satisfy every need of your life. You have no priorities. You must repent. I remember when I was a young man, I wanted to build a house. Sat down with my wife and I said, look, if you are giving me two meat, it is one. One. If it is two, you give me In every meal, it is one. The economist will tell you, defer gratification. There are things you are doing, especially. Look, look, child of God. If you walk right and God blesses you, there are things you are craving for and chasing. By the time God blesses you, you will realize you don't need them. This is the time. No, Papa, I'm a student. Save money. Who said every break time, buy two balls of kenkey? Who said so? At every lunch break, I must get something in my mouth. So you can buy chocolate biscuit or fried yam. Buy one kenkey, eat, drink a lot of water. Save the rest of the money. See, many of us, the reason why we are not experiencing the blessing of God is because our mindset towards God's increase is even wrong. Deny yourself some pleasure. Rich people are eating one meal a day. Rich people, who, rich, very rich. In the morning, they just grab some tea, no sugar, no milk nothing they grab it once a while they will fry all the bakings and the eggs and the, the sausages once a while you 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 your salary doesn't even take you half the month but your breakfast is more like a king and you want to progress repent Most of us must change our minds. Not just in in terms of our relationship with God. But our way of doing things. Our lifestyle. We must change our mind. Young lady, where did you learn that thing from? Same earring. Same skirt or top. Same shoe. If you can afford it, fine. But don't slave to buy too much. It is not wise. Change your mind. Some of us must change our mind also concerning the things of God and church. You can labor and do everything for yourself except to give to the church. The Bible says where your treasure is. That is where your heart will be also. And I love what Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 9. He said, know that Jesus is the master foundation. And whatever we build on it will be tried and tested by fire. And if your works which you built is bent by fire, so shall you be saved. The NIV says, like one escaping through the flames. As a born again Christian, your foundation is Christ. Live a life that pleases him. Church, the life of a Christian is the life that makes provisions for the things of God. Don't wait till you have a thousand. If you can't give God one CD, you can't give him ten. Change your mind. So I've I've talked about change of mind in, in, in various areas. Number one, let me summarize it. Change of mind, repentance, spiritually, your relationship with God. How is it? When was the last time you fasted on your own? When was the last time you, could, you, you said to yourself, I am praying through the night? Listen, we don't only do all night when we are in trouble. It's the building of our relationship with God. Because you are not going to have people around you all the time. Hallelujah. So, spiritually, we must repent if we want to move from the ashes to the glory. We must repent. We must what? Repent. Number two, economically, if you want to enjoy stability and peace, you must change your mind on how you spend. Set your priorities right. I was talking to my wife yesterday. Her mother just completed her second master's degree. And I was speaking to her. It was expensive, but we never shortchanged God. We didn't say, "Honey, this month let's pay our fees; eh? then next month we'll pay our tithe." What we were rather doing was that the basic things around us that gave us comfort, we cut off from them. We we'll pay her fees, we we'll pay her our tithe, and our spiritual commitment. And to the glory of God, one year that she did this course in Rome, we never lacked anything. Because nobody takes care of God's business and becomes a hustler. David said, I was young. I am now old. I have never seen the righteous forsaking, nor his children begging for bread. The world will not tell you this, but hear this child of God. This is the way to the glorious life. This is the way. Never shall change God. God understands. That's the thing under grace. He never says anything. But you see, believers must understand that every decision is a negotiation of your future. It's, the Bible talks about the book of Proverbs. It talks about uh, deceiving to get rich. Say for now it will be sweet, but later it will become like gravel in your mouth. Change your mind, your priorities. put God first. Number three, social life. never put socialization above spirituality. It's an error, say error. Never. Listen, church, I will not deceive you. I have never seen anybody who have lived for God, else living for God, who has been short-changed challenges, they are common to all of us, but even that, says many are the afflictions of the righteous, but God will deliver him from them all. So this, month, this evening, this is where I want to end. The first pathway is repentance. We must change our mind concerning spiritual things, and I want to say this, child of God, if you are a lover of God, in all your income, you factor in God. Don't build a castle for yourself. You may not live to enjoy it. It is God who gives us guarantee of life, a new life. He said the steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. He didn't say of the economics. Of the Lord. I want to encourage you, my brothers and sisters. Let's change our ways so that our lives will transit from the ash hill to the palace of glory. Tonight you have heard the word of God. Shortly, I want us all to pray. You know the area where you have put things above God. Ask God, Father, forgive me and grant me the grace to walk right. You know it. Talk to him shortly. Ask him to forgive you. That's the essence of repentance. Turn around. Turn around. Turn around. Father, forgive us. Talk to God shortly. Ask him to forgive you ask him to cleanse you, ask him to purify you, ask him to forgive you of having to make decisions that have affected you. Paul said it this way in the book of Galatians, he says, do not be deceived for God is not mocked. Whatever a man chooses, he will reap the consequences as a Philippe edition. Whatsoever a man sows, he will reap. Don't think that God understands your thoughts, he doesn't. Repent, repent, repent. Ask God to forgive you, and ask Him for the grace to walk on the right path. Receive grace. And whiles our mothers, you heard me, you saw all the power displayed, the gift of God on display, my brothers and sisters. If you are not a born again Christian, you are not part of all of this. Shortly, I want to give you the opportunity. You have never prayed a sinner's prayer. I want to pray with you say with me father in the name of Jesus today I surrender my life to you I confess that the life I have lived has been without you forgive me of my waywardness I invite you into my life come take over my life be Lord and my Savior from today Give me the grace to live for you. In Jesus name. Amen. If you pray this prayer. Please. Write to us. Send us a message on Facebook. Send us a message. We will get back to you and help you grow your faith. In the name of Jesus.